Welcome to Filthy Friday Foreplay, the podcast that invites you to get to know the humans in our filthy community a little better. My name's Beanie, creator of Filthy Friday, the UK pole industry's first fully diverse and inclusive space. And I'll be sitting down with some of my filthiest friends as we bear all from pole to soul and everything in between. Welcome to episode seven. Today's episode is sponsored by the Coffee Scrub Company, which has been saving me, oh my God, from the ashiest drag me to hell skin and has been leaving me feeling like an actual goddess. I love that these scrubs are gentle on my skin, but have enough exfoliant to buff away the gray. Entirely vegan, the Coffee Scrub Company has blessed me with a cruelty-free product that I've added to my self-care routine. And with so many flavors to try, I'm gonna be going for a while. The original coffee scrub is my absolute favorite. As a self-confessed coffee lover, this scrub gives me a boost of energy with its natural aroma. Packed with beneficial antioxidants, my skin is left feeling radiant, healthy, and most importantly for me, moisturized. I can plan pole sessions in the knowledge that I'll be safely hoeing and glowing without having to worry about losing my grip from the overuse of oily creams to stay sparkly. I love to scrub every curve, every roll, every dimple, and feed my melanated skin with the luxury it deserves. The Coffee Scrub Company blesses each beautifully designed pack of scrub with gorgeous ingredients like robusta coffee grounds and vitamin E oil. The Coffee Scrub Company gets all the booty jiggles from me, leaving a whole feeling hydrated and ready to get X-rated. If you'd like to try out the Coffee Scrub Company, you can find the website link in the description box and we've been blessed with 15% off all products across the whole website using code FILTHY15. Enjoy! Welcome to episode seven of Filthy Friday Foreplay with me, Bina, and my very good pal, Carolina. No, 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 let me correct myself, Dr. Carolina. Carolina is a hive of information and is the queen of informative resources for many of us in the pole industry. She's a badass activist with the most delicious booter, and today we'll be getting to know her a little bit better. Carolina, hello. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. That was the best intro ever. I'm going to put it on my Twitter bio so that all my academic <laughs> friends can hear how good I am. Just just my shit northern voice like Dr. Carolina is bloody wonderful with a flipping great ass. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not available for everyone to see. So. <laughs> Do you know what? That is one of my favorite things, though. I love that... Even with the, the shadow ban and everything that's going on, like you still um, pop up very frequently in my feed. I think you disappeared for a while, mm. um, but I think it's because I've gone back to like a lot of stuff that I've missed. So now when I when I log in, mm-hmm. um, you're literally just there with them and you're always in red and I love it. Just juicy booty cheeks in a little red outfit, just fucking looking beautiful. Like I Aww. love it. 
Thank you. I feel like red is for me what pink is probably for you because I yeah. love red and like and when you when you wear pink like the world explodes. The camera can't take it. You're just too amazing. <laughs> I love that. Don't give me a big head like because I've literally got to go shopping today and I don't want to be walking around Tesco like I'm that bitch because I actually look like trash. So people but just you be like are that bitch. Oh, thank you, Carolina. I love this. I love being everybody get you a friend like Carolina. Everyone needs a Carolina in their life. Um, so yeah, you mentioned you were drinking and I thought I would match that energy. So um, what are you drinking this fine Saturday afternoon? I am drinking a glass of Pinot Grigio like the Italian bitch I am. How about you? <laughs> I've got um, a whiskey and Coke. Um, usually I'd have like some kind of, um, as you know, some random ass, bougie, filthy cocktail, but I don't really have any mixers and I don't feel like it'll benefit anybody today if like I'm just absolutely shit faced. So um, I had a rummage and I found um, some whiskey and just some leftover coke which is actually flat but um i'm sure will be um it'll still get me um very very fucking tipsy we'll be fine i mean they used to call me caro two sips in the office because <laughs> i just have the worst alcohol tolerance so it will be that. an interesting episode between the two of us i absolutely love that and i love the way that you say pinot grigio because of your accent, it sounds how it's supposed to sound. Here in Manchester, we just say uh, Balapino. It's and it's literally, it sounds so unattractive. It's just well, not. I don't know. I don't know. For those of you who don't know, I constantly message Beanie after these podcasts, just saying that her voice is ASMR for me. So to me, that sounds great. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, she actually does. And I love it. I really love our voice notes. Um, but sometimes I'm like, okay, Beans, right, you need to just stop now. But I feel like I could literally message you all day. Like, I love your accent. I love, it's not even the accent, it's the tone of it and the pace in which you speak. And it's all very, very sexy. I was going to say it makes me question my sexuality, but like, we already know what that is. And <laughs> there's no there's no questions there so um i mean i feel i mean yeah there's no question in my side on my side either i'm biased fuck so <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i feel like my accent is this weird blend of all the places i've lived in because i've been here in the uk for ages since i was 18 and yeah i'm italian but then i spent quite a bit of time in australia and in the us as well so right. i'm basically just fucked i don't know where i'm from <laughs> I love that. I meet so many people, um, especially from London, um, who aren't originally um, from the UK and they say the same thing. You know, I've traveled so much. I've met so many different people. So this isn't like any kind of accent. And I love that because it just adds to that ball of uniqueness that we are as humans. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel really kind of, I think that's what makes it really attractive. That's what really attracts me. Just the fact that, someone spent so much time in different places and it's like this is like a physical representation of the life they've lived the way they speak so yeah i find it it's really hot i love it oh, you're making me blush thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like a dating show and it? it's like take me out yeah i mean we're ridiculous <laughs> by the end of this it will just be like sexy noises yeah oh carolina oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous i'm not even going to edit that out i'm, I'm literally going to keep that in no, 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 um, leave it in the world definitely <laughs> Um, okay, so what we usually do is start off with a few icebreaker questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will get stuck in. The first yeah. question is, what about Paul makes you feel like your most powerful self? Um, I feel it's a blend of the nakedness, but also the power moves and the going with the music, like the, yeah. whole, the sheer power of the performance itself. Um, I I come from a very small town in Sardinia, Italy, and I used to be quite, I used to hide my sexuality quite a bit. I dressed up as a man, essentially, for my whole teenage years um, with giant metal band t-shirts. And then even when I was older, I kind of tried to be um, more kind of out there to try to explore my feminine side. Yeah. It, it just never really kind of did it for me. I always felt like I was wrong and like I was putting on a costume. And yeah. With Paul, I feel like finally I've been able to blend my own little passions, which are like rock and metal music, but also just, you know, just the strength and like going, going with the song into something that finally makes me feel sexy and powerful and that is not a costume yeah that makes so much sense and definitely resonates with me as well um i think i've always enjoyed being like super naked and just wearing whatever the hell that i want but i think going out in public in certain things was kind of like pretty difficult so i really like that paul has given us a place to just exist as we want to with no shame and no judgment and like i kind of feel like every day is just like growth every time you touch the pole it's like you just feel this like magical feeling and it's just, you learn something new about yourself all the time um and i found that with um how it's the same with a lot of other people um, that we've asked that question to. It, it seems that, you know, that's something we can all kind of um, agree on um, that yeah. that makes us feel like super powerful. I love that. I um, completely agree. Yeah. And I think and I think it's always a journey, right? Like one day you might be feeling like shit, but actually in that day where you felt like shit, you learn something. Yeah. So it never stops. Yeah, that's true. Oh, profound. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, the next question is, what is your favorite uh, pole and or floor move? Um, Pole-wise, I love um, spinning invert flares done yes. like really, really fast and like some powerful rock and roll song. And on the floor, also leg waves, uh, yeah. twirls and stuff like that. So basically any excuse to flash my vagina. <laughs> and that for anybody listening who follows Caroline, if you're not, you should. Um, that is like so true because when you when I watch your videos, I'm just like, yes, leg flare for days, leg twirls for days, and like you just really, I love that we could all we can all do the same move, but it looks so different on everyone. And I think even seeing you at the first um, Filthy Friday, I could just see how how like 
absolutely badass you felt it like it was a fucking vibe like an actual vibe just seeing how badass you you felt doing those moves and i loved it i was really here for it well to be honest like i feel like i have so much to thank you for because you were the first person that actually gave me a chance with a live performance apart from maybe a competition that I managed to go in but like an yeah. actual performance for pleasure so even when I was sloppy as fuck and like just you know not polished at all like you gave me a chance to really feel myself and I'll forever ah. be grateful for that oh Carol it's a, a, every episode when I have people just talk about filthy Friday and because like I'm literally due on as we were talking about before I'm so emotional um but it's just really nice to hear that you know there's been a space for people to be able to feel like they can just get up and and be themselves you know without being judged and just to really just fucking show off and that is something you you set the fucking stage on fire whether you were polished or not no matter what like where you were at in your pole journey i just feel like you have always got on that stage and just really really given us what for and like i look same with your videos um i just like i'm so fucking here for it like you are like an entire vibe i love it so much well you are a vibe i remember the first time i came to manchester where you did that halloween performance to oh yeah tokyo snow trip by iggy azalea yeah and i was living you made me obsessed with that song ever since <laughs> i love that it's song it's just so good but like i think honestly there is like this huge you know, we, we talk about inclusivity in the pole industry, but I think a lot of inclusivity also needs to go with giving baby performers a chance to shine. Yeah. Because if you're never accepted into anything, then you're, you're just going to give up. You're just going to think you're shit. You're never going to have the guts to actually perform in front of an audience. And you create that space for baby polers of all sorts. And this Aww. is amazing. Oh, thank you. Like, I, I really, really agree. And I think there are um, a lot of spaces out there, a lot of events out there that they just want um, professional um, performers. And I understand that. That's great. But like you said, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. And I just feel as though nobody was really doing that. So I still get really blown away when people apply to perform and I get back to them and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You're amazing. And they're like really blown away that and and like i'm so here for it but i'm just like you're fucking magic i don't care whether it's you only had two pole lessons and you if you feel ready to get on the filthy friday stage and show off what the fuck you've got then then let's do it and like you said i just feel like there's not many I mean, I get it. We need to have like professional, professional shows. And, you know, there are people out there who who do this for like a job job. And, you know, they 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 should be be, you know, paid to um, perform and for people to enjoy their craft. But I do also think that um, it's really like you said, it's really important to have those spaces for like absolute beginners. Mm. Um, yeah, everybody's got to start somewhere. 
Yeah, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I think, you know, even if every time I go to Filthy Friday and then, I don't know, I watch like Lauren Elise or like, you know, like absolute pros that do it as a job job or did it as a job job when I didn't at the time. It it felt like somehow intimidating, but at the same time, it was like, oh my God, you know, I'm here too and I'm doing my best. And you may be underestimating the fact that by by giving a baby polar some space, there might be a future instructor in there or a future yeah. performer. So you are given a chance, you are investing in the future of the industry. Absolutely. And I, I really love that we have um, a mixture at Filthy Fridays. So, you know, we have our sex workers, we have our professional performers, we have our beginners, our instructors, because I love the conversations that we're having while we're getting ready, um, you know, while we're having a drink. It's really about connecting people and I think that's something that you can't really get from social media. So although these events are really there for people to show off and sparkle and do their thing, I think it's so, so important um, for people to get together in those groups and have the com- have those conversations. Because we've had some really, really deep conversations, some fun conversations, but the the main thing is that like I've learned so much from meeting so many different people, just from conversations in the in the in the changing room so um it goes right back again to you know just it, it really does pay to um diversify your friends group and you know have a bunch of different people around you and i think again that might be um lacking in the pole industry as well yeah completely agree and you know like i remember the first trip to manchester it was me lauren lees and elaine um in in a car elaine distracted by dancing and like for hours in that car and it was it was so fun but like you know i don't think anybody would travel that far for any other show apart from (laughs) filthy friday because that's the vibe you've created like people legit want to be there Oh, that's what makes me want to be there. I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. And then I'm just like, you know what? It's going to be a vibe. I'm going to show up today. Such a fucking diva, an actual diva. Yeah, that's um, why I love you though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next question, I think you've kind of answered it, is um, what's your favourite thing about Filthy Friday? Well, as I said, you've you've created a space for everyone and that's like literally everyone. Nobody feels excluded from Filthy Friday, but also... Yeah, like I feel like it's such a positive space in all sorts of ways. Like even someone who isn't a pole dancer that comes and sees Filthy Friday, that's a space, that's an event that can convert people into joining pole. It it can really, like I feel like a community like the one you've created is what makes the pole industry worth it. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to see that there's more of those spaces cropping up as well. Um, I think, um, you know, it doesn't doesn't always have to be me. And I think I really need to get that out there that, you know, it doesn't have to be Filthy Friday, but it, you know, we we do definitely need um more spaces for people to to feel like that so yeah definitely um the next question everyone's always like oh god (laughs) um so what's your we'll do your favorite thing about the pole industry and then we'll do your least favorite um i think the the most and the least favorite 
things actually kind of connect because my my favorite thing about the pole industry and pole in general is how eye-opening it can be to all sorts of realities all sorts of backgrounds but also all sorts of issues so for instance when I joined pole I you know I was obviously very political I was studying I was doing my master's so I was very into you know important social justice stuff but yeah. for instance I'd never met a sex worker I'd never um been involved in anything related to sex worker rights I thought it was something so far removed from me so my feminism was massively lacking because yeah. I wasn't aware of so many realities that are actually really important so through poll I feel it's like this means of educating people particularly women but also people from all sorts of backgrounds um, yeah to to realities that they don't know about, but also to discovering their power and to discovering their power through knowing that you don't have to be in competition with another woman or another person because they're doing the same thing as you, but you can actually celebrate the differences and the diversity and the and the incredible skills and uniqueness that is, you know, I feel a unique selling point of this industry. So this yeah. is my favorite part, the education and the liberation from shame and the the, the power that we feel when we're there. Um, and I think my least favorite thing is related to that because I find it appalling that a community that is so empowering, that is so um, out there and so open-minded in so many ways can also be so close-minded and so exclusive. Yeah, I agree. So it, it, it seems almost like a paradox that you, for instance, would want to empower women that pay you, but like not the sex workers that have created the sport. It's just, yeah. It just makes no it's, sense. It's a fucking... It just, it makes me cringe internally when... You know, whenever I think about it, you know, how um, there are so many studios that just, you know, are so happy to teach the craft and and to, you know, I'm, I'm going to say embrace, but it's not really embracing it because if you're excluding sex workers and you're not really embracing it at all. Mm. Um, but, you know, just aren't willing to hire sex workers to... I've, I've seen some shit recently that has just absolutely blown my mind. And, you know, when you think things are getting a little bit better, then you just see that someone's gone through something and you're like, fucking hell, for real? Like, is this shit still happening? Like, yeah. I, I thought we were doing better. And it's even worse when the studios are, are claiming, you know, oh, hey, look at us. Like, we're super inclusive. We've got this person, that person, the other person. And I think it goes so much further than hiring those people because you can hire those people to make yourself look good. But it's how you're treating those people behind closed doors. And I think there's a lot of toxicity going on between um, studio owners, other instructors, maybe some students and those sex worker instructors. And I don't know what it is, and I don't I don't know what these um, people are, are getting from from the lack of respect that they're showing to sex workers. But it's like you can't just 
have us in there if you have if you have sex workers in your space then they deserve the same if not more respect as as the rest of your instructors and i've seen so much shit so much shit going on um screenshots from conversations with um um stripper instructors and their studio owners and it's yeah it's it's fucking mind-boggling it's really mind-boggling and i think to be honest Part of the issue is that pole as a successful industry is so young. So as we've been talking about through a variety of different channels and means, when something goes wrong, nobody says, well, this has gone wrong, so we're going to file an official complaint and we're going to solve this, you know, in the right way. Yeah. That doesn't happen because... Part of what makes this industry feel liberating is that it doesn't follow the rules. It doesn't really have big bodies that can regulate things. And in a way, that's nice. But on the other hand, if someone is openly discriminating against someone, if it's a sex worker, if it's an instructor from, you know, a different background or whatever, we have no way to actually, you know, make things happen and change things and make sure that that doesn't repeat itself and it's really frustrating and um i don't know like something needs to be done about that but then at the same time i think it will take a long time before we actually kind of make those steps because of how yeah poll is yeah, I think, um, I mean, we both sat in on the same meeting yeah. um, a few yeah. weeks ago and <laughs> and we, I think, you know, that's probably given us an understanding of like just how difficult it is to put something in place that can, you know, maybe a governing body or, you know, a platform that, that does regulate people within the poll industry. Um, and, you know, people have the ideas but it just needs so much to go into it so i'm just kind of like if people can fucking behave while we fucking get there that would be great thank you yeah yeah exactly. jesus i'm gonna start putting bitches on the naughty step i'm so tired of it like you're in timeout that's it put me in timeout that's fine like if i need to go there i'll go in timeout but i think that's really what it's about you know kind of if these people who are making making the the mistakes um were could just hold themselves accountable could just for one minute put their egos to one side doesn't matter whether you own the studio it doesn't make you queen of everyone it makes you a studio owner that's what you are you you own a business and i think if people could just take a step back and put their egos to one side and just be like you know what i fucked up i Mm. fucked up massively and i'm so sorry i think people just really struggle with holding themselves accountable and um i think the minute that we could we can you know we can do that and just accept accountability for our actions say listen hey i fucked up not i fucked up because just you fucked up that's it that's it we don't need any excuses you made someone feel like shit you made a mistake you are fucking human but please just hold yourself accountable and do better it is literally that simple so it really baffles me that people are so just don't want to do it 
Yeah, but I think, you know, again, because it's such a young industry, we don't have an accountability mechanism. So everybody yeah. really takes it personally. And everybody isn't like, oh, I did a wrong thing. They're like, everybody hates me because I'm a bad person. And, yeah. and nobody is going at it. I mean, although I know that there are some people that do react with trying to cancel others, and that comes from a place of hurt and a place of yeah. anger, and it's understandable. I personally find find it counterproductive and I do prefer when something goes on to sit back and then kind of think about it when I'm less angry and then put out a response yeah because there is no there is no official accountability mechanism everybody takes it personally and everybody thinks that a negative comment on social media is an attempt to ruin them forever yeah it may actually just be feedback it may be actually just hey actually you did this thing and it's not okay like can we talk about it yeah i think um i mentioned in the episode with um alabama that um someone had heard it it wasn't a, a judgment it wasn't anything they just made a comment about um filthy friday yeah. and i kind of i'm not gonna lie i saw my ass a bit and it was only it was purely because it's like i'm approachable Mm-hmm. like you can come to me with anything and like I'm willing to sit down and have a conversation about it if you don't want to then that's fine like that's your free space and you can do with your social media what you want so that feeling was entirely on me and I think now that it's a it's like in the past and I've had time to think about it I can see where you know that had I had reacted completely differently you know shit could have blown up but my natural reaction was to just message the person hey listen um can we have a conversation about this um because you're a good friend like you know you're a good friend and even if you weren't like I want to sit down and and try and and try and figure this out because it's never my intention to make anybody feel like shit and if I have then I will hold myself accountable so I think you know you're you're so right it is it's when something's your baby and when in your mind you know how hard you've worked for it and someone comes for it because you have genuinely fucked up or you've genuinely made someone feel like shit Mm -hmm. uh, it could be the smallest thing i think everybody like you said everybody's instant reaction is to be like oh fuck like they're, they're coming for me like and just to really react really negatively and i think in those situations it it makes sense to just take five minutes just take five minutes and just sit back and be like, okay, how am I going to handle this? And I think it really boils down to the people that you have around you as well. Because I know when that happened, I messaged uh, my friends on WhatsApp. I've got various WhatsApp groups. Um, and, you know, you're someone that I go to with things as well. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm a bit angry, but I understand. And I know that I need time. Like, what would you do? Yeah. And you know, my friends aren't going to be like, oh, that fucking dickhead, that dickhead, no, how dare they treat you like that? They're like, beans, don't be petty. Like, you know, take, do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. really does boil down to like the people you, you consult and your counsel and the people you have around you. And again, if they're exactly the same as you, then they're only going to push you in like maybe into a real kind of negative space where you're going to react completely negatively and then shit is going to blow up even further. And we've seen it happen. 
Yeah, we've seen it happen. And I think, you know what, like if someone is upset or like angry at you for whatever reason, it could be also that you built a platform and for whatever reason, someone is upholding you to some specific standards that might yeah. not even be yours. So when you build a platform, when you become popular like Filthy, Fr Filthy Friday has, you're going to get people coming for you. You're going to get people saying, well, as a insert definition, account you yeah. should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that i get that all the time on my profile there's people being like but you shouldn't say this but you should say that and i'm like it's my business what i say i i really appreciate the feedback but sometimes people just want to pick a fight and that's yeah why, true and that's why taking a step back and recognizing everybody's feelings but not in the moment where you feel hurt particularly yeah. on social media where it's just a churn of content can be the best way to not go nuts yeah that's true and you know people make throwaway comments all the time and i think you know if we were having like a, a sit down conversation about something and somebody had something to say then it, that's exactly what it would be it would be a conversation and then we would maybe take that and use that to to do better and and to grow and to make sure you know where our spaces are whatever we you know we we say that the purpose of those spaces um is so yeah it's it's a lot it's, it's a, lot. a lot it's um yeah i was gonna say heavy is the head that wears the crown well, with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility. So. You know, like, I have a shit ton of ridiculous phrases that I've picked up from elderly people in my life, and that is one of them. And well, yeah. it's a song now, so you can get away with it. I'm taking that one. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Who the fuck am I? Like, I'm not the queen. Can we just calm down a minute, Beans? You oh my god. <laughs> just my my little um, dominion. <laughs> kingdom yeah um okay so um you have recently i am fucking i couldn't wait to get to this bit you have recently got your phd yeah oh my god carolina so carolina is an actual doctor dr carolina and i love that when when people were like had doctor before their names i assumed that they were like a gp i'm just like oh my <laughs> god I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> like, I mean, our GPs, even real doctors, Carolina, like, you are the realest doctor, mate. Like, oh. let's not. Like, you are more GP than the GP. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and please include all the information about your PhD because when I saw that you got that, I was like, I need to send a voice note because... Like as a friend, you ju you just feel you automatically feel proud. It's like, oh my god, like she's done it. She's here, Carolina. Doctor Carolina has fucking arrived. And I was like virtually throwing um, rose petals, like as you walked. Um, so yeah, tell us a bit about yourself and please include um, PH details. Yes. Yes. Can we do um? Can we do the rose throwing offline at some point? Because yes, I have absolutely. A, I have an ego as well, so it <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> it needs to be nurtured. I remember that voice note. I was walking down the street with my partner, and I was like, "Oh, I got a voice note from Beans," and my partner was very entertained by the voice note. <laughs> I just, I wish I could send people normal messages, but I genuinely. 
I don't know. I just, it's just who I am. I'm just. Yeah, you don't I, need to. Don't, don't, you know, don't edit yourself. We love no, you the way you are. I'm not. I can't. I, I'm, I'm not here to be palatable. I'm just here to be me. So, yeah. Like, you, so, you yeah. got the raw energy that day um i was so so fucking happy um yeah, it felt lovely it felt amazing yes so how long did it take in total because i know nothing about this nothing about um phd these i can't even say the word <laughs> well, so tell us a I, bit more so it feels i mean Sometimes I feel like I've given birth, but that would have been a very long birth. But it kind of did feel <laughs> like it because it took me about three years and a half. So wow. it, it's like it's it's a bit longer than an undergrad. But the thing with your undergrad is that you do your degree, you do your essays and you do different subjects all the time. But with the Ph.D., it's your baby. It's your piece of research that you come up with. So yeah. the, the key thing is that by the end of it, you need to have found something unique like your yeah. findings can't be like a copy from another paper. So you need to look into a specific case study, for instance, and come up with your own findings about that. And yeah. um, it's a very lonely process, um, which I didn't mind because I have a BA in journalism. Then I worked in PR for quite a few years and I got burnt out. So I, yeah. I decided I ended up winning a random award um, the undergraduate awards for media and journalism for my <coughs> undergrad thesis. Yeah. And, um, and when I went to the awards ceremony, I was working in PR and I hated my life. And, and then I went to the ceremony and everybody was presenting their research. And I was like, this is so nice. I actually want to go back to research. And um, my big desire was coming to study in the UK when I was a teen. And I wanted to do criminology, but I never chose criminology because I thought, it would have been too difficult to study in a foreign language. So yeah. I chose journalism as a compromise. But when I won that award, I was like, you know what, fuck this. I've been in this country for ages. I'll do a fucking master's in criminology. So um, I ended up doing one application in Australia because I wanted to get out of this country. That's another story. But I was recovering <laughs> from yeah. uh, uh, an abusive relationship. Right. And my, my abusive ex... Um, had been kicked out of Australia because he had a criminal record uh, right. sometimes. So Australia felt like the safest place to be. Um, yeah. And also like a different kind of uh, vibe as opposed to London, which I needed. So that's where I did my master's in criminology. And that's where I started spe specializing in my PhD topic, which is online harassment, online abuse and stuff like that. So yeah. then when I was in Australia, I had this whole, I don't know, idea of what my life was going to be like. I was like, I'm just going to start a small business. I'm going to sell panini on Bondi Beach and I will live my best life. Yes. <laughs> and then I arrived and I didn't know anybody. And because my master's was mainly attended by older criminal justice professionals that were looking for a knowledge top up, I didn't really have any crazy student experiences. I didn't really meet that many people my age. So I actually felt really lonely. So yeah. um, by the time it was time to apply for a PhD, I was actually like, you know what, I'll apply in London again because it's probably the best 
thing to do because I realized I left London because I hated my life and not because I hated London. So maybe yeah. it was my, my life that needed an update and not London. But Australia was very good for me because that's where I started Paul. Um, ah, I was going to ask that. So what, what year did you say that was, Carolina? It was 2016, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and like, how does the pole scene in Australia differ to that in, in the UK? Well, it was quite funny for me to come back to the UK after having polled for a year in Australia because I was very used to being naked all the time and like polling in my underwear and, yeah. you know, performing all the time because Australian studios have very short terms where you do certain moves and you go up a level and, and after every level there is a showcase. So you would have about like three showcases a year and it was this lovely opportunity to perform in a group and studios look like fucking, I don't know, boudoirs. Yeah. Okay lights and change rooms and showers you know nothing oh like wow UK. yeah <laughs> nothing like uk housing <laughs> oh man that's crazy like i can imagine i mean i've seen some pictures um of different studios in australia and it does look um massively different to ours um ours are very very real um and yeah, you can raw yeah they really are and i appreciate them spaces i appreciate that rawness it fits in with me absolutely perfectly like it yeah. really does um so sorry you came over to uh back to london yeah so i came over back to london and that's where i started my phd so um yeah it was basically three and a half years of blood sweat and tears and yeah um, i chose a really depressing topic which is online abuse but it made sense for me because i i had all this pr and journalism and social media strategy experience but i was also interested in criminology and i was obsessed with american psycho at the time Yes. And I remember um, the author saying that if he were to write Patrick Bateman in our day and age, he would be a, a troll, like an online troll. Uh, yes. Because it's a very easy way to harm people without getting caught at the moment. So I was like, maybe I'll do this. Um, so I ended up focusing on a very depressing case study that I can't mention on air because otherwise yeah. the, the people that um, abuse others online in this particular chat may troll me as well, which is not. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, but basically, yeah, it was very depressing. It was an unsolved high profile criminal case. And basically the trolls in this community were trying to say that some relatives of the victim had been the culprits, even if it's not true yeah so it was it was very horrible and when you when you look at all of these tweets like i ended up analyzing like 500 tweets wow by the end of it i just had to drink a glass of wine and i was like oh my god this is so horrible like i just need to finish this analysis i just can't anymore so was it was it a lot was it you know like what what kind of like effect did it have on you was it um, I think like I chose that specific case study because it didn't reflect my experiences of abuse. It was more related to kind of, you know, 
family crime and stuff like that yeah um, but it was quite high profile so it was quite horrible to see people that have lost a relative being accused of having killed them or like basically wow. people just trying to destroy them in all sorts of ways so i'm kind of like people have so much time you know they <laughs> like, really do so it was it was very interesting for me because then I realized that I didn't want to publish any research related to this PhD because it would result in me being trolled heavily. So the guy who did my PhD examination, he published about this and he had 70 phone calls a day, hundreds of emails from these people that he studied. Um, they, they called up his university and they told them to fire him. Uh, they tried to get him kind of knocked off the um, kind of association of, you know, scholars that he yeah. part of. So they were trying to destroy him pretty much. So I was kind of like, I don't want to deal with that. But then at the same time, when I was in my second year of my PhD, the, the crap with the shadow ban started going on. Yeah. And I realized that, that there was this huge discrepancy in the way social media platforms moderate hate and in the way that they moderate ass. Like... Ah, uh, so this makes so much sense now because I was going to ask you, like, you know, how did you get onto because you're like heavily into activism and you you are doing the the work right you really are everything every infographic i see from you same with Gemma rose like there are so many people that are out there just really 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 doing the work right now and i know that it must be a lot so yeah i was going to ask how you how you got into um i mean the petition that's all i have to say everybody knows what i'm talking about <laughs> so First of all, shout out to Gemma, who is amazing, and I thoroughly enjoyed her episode. It was like a double ASMR for me. Plus, <laughs> she's fun. <laughs> she's yeah. Fun. Plus, like super, you know, insightful and important things that you talked about. But yeah, so the the way I kind of got into activism was entirely selfish, and it was because again. Thanks to accounts like Filthy Friday and to accounts like To Ecology Nation, I was able to come out of my pole shell even when I was a bit shit. And, um, and even when I didn't really believe in myself, like when I started Paul, I was afraid of my body. I was recovering from an abusive relationship and from sexual assault. And, and it was just, you know, Paul was this way for me to say, actually, you know what? My body is great. My body yeah. can do things and I'm happy to show it to people. It's not my body's fault if horrible things have happened to it. And even when I was a beginner pole dancer and I didn't feel like I had anything to offer to audiences, accounts like Filthy Friday, accounts like To Ecology Nation by the amazing Chanel Hall, um, you guys all kind of made me feel like there was a place for me and you helped me come out of my shell. And it fucking pisses me off that Future, that people in the future who might be in the same situation might not have the same opportunity because of the shadow ban or yeah. because of online moderation. So that's how I got into it. 
And it was partly because of my PhD as well, because I was like, there's people online being accused of murder. There's people online being threatened with rape threats. There's people online whose images go viral and they didn't consent them to these images being shared. Yet we consent to our own pictures reclaiming our bodies and our actions and we're not allowed like it's, and it's such a huge deal yeah it's crazy you know um it so just I was like, it, yeah sorry so, no 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 sorry it's fine um so yeah so it was kind of like you know i have the academic knowledge as to why this is happening and and i have a blog that even if it isn't big at the time it wasn't as big as, as it is now it you know it's a it's a platform so i emailed instagram press and they randomly replied so that's how i started writing and researching on the shadow ban and and yeah and the rest is history in the sense that i've been able to meet a lot more people that have been doing the same and that have yeah. been fighting this and a lot of them are sex workers sex workers are ahead of the curve in activism they're they've created absolutely more. they've done everything i 100% agree um i did um i think it might have been episode three which was uh, maintain your magic and i spoke about how i kind of didn't see myself as a feminist because a lot of the groups that i thought i was part of didn't understand me and didn't support me um so their feminism was was um wasn't very inclusive so I kind of separated myself from that and I never really saw myself as a feminist never saw myself as an activist it's you know it's other people who have given me that label um I kind of do it because you know like you I I understand what it feels like to not be accepted based on how you look you choose to love and what gender you are what gender you aren't um so I really really understand that so that's that's you know it it's not I just don't know how to be any other way. Mm. But since being in pole, like, I mean, I had a really, really um, toxic friendship with uh, a few girls and I didn't realize how toxic it was until I stepped away and I thought, yeah, like this is how you be a friend. But what I didn't realize is that they were enabling me to do a lot of shit that they could then go and talk about. So it was again, the, the same exclusive sisterhood and you know, you're supposed to be my sister, but you know why why is it after every night out or after every social gathering that I'm the one being spoken about and nobody's standing up for me not in the same way that I'm standing up for you and it wasn't until I started pole that and I met um more sex worker friends that I became super close with and that I realized like this is the true fucking meaning of friendship and that sounds so corny it really really does but it is the goddamn fucking truth like i have never felt so fucking accepted and more so like i've learned these people have taught me how to accept myself and whenever the shit hits the fan which it has been quite a lot like in the last year i have messages from people I haven't even met yet um as you know I'm a chatterbox so I spend a lot of time um you know messaging people and just letting them know like hey you're doing fucking fabulous today and sorry if I've overstepped the map but I just really wanted you to know that and I've built up a lot of friendships on Instagram on social media and when the shit hit the fan and the, there was times that I, I I I mentally and emotionally couldn't pour any more um 
any more labor into educating people and to defending myself and to defending black people it was those people who were like take a fucking seat beans direct anyone my way um if you can't find the words to speak i'll speak for you um and i was just like wow like i have never the only person that has been like that in my life is my mum and and my husband like you know close family members the people that, that love me and i love them um unconditionally but in friendship groups i have never had that yeah, never I fucking had mean. that i've never had anyone actually want want to fight my battle before ever mm-hmm. and these are sex workers yeah yeah and yeah. this is what feminism is to me and I, and and it's changed my view completely yes i am a feminist and yes i am an activist like it you know it is what it is like i'm there now i'm all the way here i've arrived yes and we need you mother has arrived (laughs) we do need you but like this is the thing like i feel like feminism and my and and here in talking about feminism i talk about both the academic definition and the popular definition but feminism is deeply flawed in the sense that it's more often than not used as a way to sell something or it's a, it's an ideology used by white privileged women that is only about them and like you can really see it in the academic circles like i'm on academic twitter and fucking hell sometimes it's horrible like there are so many uh, radical feminists that are are against sex workers that are against Ugh. trans women i once spent a horrible couple of weeks being trolled by anti-trans feminists just for standing up against the treatment of a trans woman at an event i was at and honestly i'm just so tired i'm like how can you call yourself a feminist if then vulnerable people are being excluded from everything and you're not fighting that that exclusion you're actually making sure that it happens like what's happening with strip clubs right now in the uk you know misty pole dancer is doing amazing work on that and she's actually critiquing a bunch of research that is really damaging um, and and yeah, like I think like feminism needs an update, and it needs more people in it that are not just white female academics. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel as though um, it's it's almost as if these feminists can't don't don't see that there's there's like so many layers to be you would think that being a woman you would understand that there are so many layers to being a woman um and it it's not just about being what am i trying to say do you know what i mean like we're not all the same and just again again you know it just because we look different or we might have different needs like does that make me less deserving of your support because you know if you fell on the road today like i would hold out my hand and i would help i would fucking pick you up so why can't you do the same for me and i think over time like i'm i'm kind of from from hanging out with um sex workers i'm kind of realizing that you know what like i can be putting all this energy um elsewhere i'd rather be helping people like me and it and and it's not I'm not here to exclude anyone who's not from a, you know, a marginalized background. Um, Everybody's welcome. Everybody gets a seat at my table. But, um, 
yeah, if you have those views and if you don't include everyone in your feminism, then you need to get the fuck away from my table right goddamn now see ya like it's been you know it's it's been an exhausting week for me because over the weekend last week i saw some posts on italian pole dance groups and i got angry it was literally like a post saying this is not about discrediting sex workers but we need to stop this comparison between lap dancing and pole dancing let me tell you the difference we don't do this for money and i just got so annoyed I was like, for fuck's sake. So I went on a rampage of Italian posts this week, just tell, just talking about the origins of pole, where it comes from. Um, you know, it, and like, I feel like my country is like 10 years behind anything we're discussing here because my country is still very conservative. But yeah. again, I feel like what's happening with women and with feminism is very similar to what's happening with the pole industry, that some people want liberation, but they don't want liberation for people different than them. They don't want yeah. freedom. They don't want, say, they don't want rights. They only want them for themselves. And yeah. this is what's so weird and appalling to me. Yeah, I mean, I saw... Um a post not so long ago um i think it was on twitter and it was um a a white uh, actress she wasn't famous but um acting was her job and she was really 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 fucking upset that um black people were getting more roles and i was just kind of like you know what like that is just a classic example of what you just said like you want liberation so women must be put in in these roles and you know women deserve to be paid fairly and all the rest of it but now you're gonna have a problem because more black women are getting roles and they can't see that the scales have been tipped against black people black women for the longest time and all we're trying to do is get it equal like they they're seeing it as this kind of uprising and you know oh my god like all white people are going to be slaves to black people and it's going to be this terrible thing and people can't they really really can't open their eyes and just see that what we're trying to do is get that equality because at the minute even after all this hard work it's still it's still there's we still have a massive fucking like a lot of work to do and yeah like you you do see the same in poll and i just think do you know what like if if you have such a problem with being associated with um sex workers then fucking quit go and do something else do ballet do, you know do gymnastics yeah you know you could do so much but i completely agree and it's so exhausting and i think you know what i found it really interesting over the summer because with Black Lives Matter, what happened, I think, is that a lot of white people have felt the way men felt after Me Too. They were like, oh my God, I'm yeah. the bad guy. I'm the bad guy, and I need everybody to know that I'm not that guy. So I need to be like, you know, like, I, I, I'm not like that. Like, I'm not a racist. I have a black friend and all of these stupid stuff. And actually, it's just made things worse. I'm like, yeah. you know, something is happening. It's a major cultural shift. It will make you uncomfortable. Sit with it. Like, sit with it, realize why it's making you uncomfortable, and then realize that it's not about your space being taken away from you. It's about making space for more people that were excluded before. Like, I yeah. honestly don't understand. Like. 
it's not that hard. Like, just, I don't know. Ugh, no words. I know. And, yeah, it just... Sometimes when you see things as well on Instagram, it's just kind of like, not even Instagram, just on, just in the world in general. Mm. It's just kind of like, oh God, like here we go again. And like, how how do you handle that? So when, you know, when things get a bit too much, which it will in your line of work, um, you know, you, you're doing so much um, for so many of us right now. And um, like, what do you do to kind of, you know, just take a break or, you know, um, just switch off from it all? Well, I think I, I was I was talking about it with a fellow researcher I'm writing a paper with the other week. And in a way, it feels very unfair because the self-care mechanisms regarding social media are on us. Like a lot of times, a lot of times social media becomes really heavy. People even threaten you and harass you and whatever. But we have to defend ourselves. Like yeah. there's nothing to say, oh, I'm going to protect you from it. Like you have to be on social media because it's important for your work but then you have to take the fallout which is really yeah so sometimes I try to share my boundaries not everybody respects them uh, and that really does annoy me uh, yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of people who um, just because you have a platform expect you to do all the work so that they can sit down and watch it yeah this is what really pisses me off like you know, I I try my best and I always, you know, if, if something matters to you, it doesn't mean that then you should forget all the other important social life issues that are happening. But yeah. sometimes it's not my voice that needs to be heard. And sometimes it's someone else that needs to speak and needs space. Yeah, so, that's true. Like if I were to speak, speak for all strippers about strip clubs closing, that's not my place. Like I'm happy to share petitions. I'm happy to raise awareness about this. But there are times where, you know, strippers are vocals, uh, vocal. Strippers are active about stuff and I'll have yeah. to support and, and raise awareness. But I don't want to appropriate the role of like speaking about issues that are not part of who I am. Or yeah. Like, you know, if I, you know, even even with racism like i will share stuff i will support and i will try to uplift other people but sometimes it's time for me to take the back seat i'm not a yeah user, i'm not a news organization i'm a person and as a person i come with my own background and with my own uh, biases and with my own experiences and it's not right for me to always be the one who's talking yeah everybody needs a voice and it doesn't always have to be my own yeah i i can i i completely agree with that and because sometimes i find myself feeling um when something happens i find myself feeling really guilty like you know i need to do more like what what can i possibly do like it's what sharing this post isn't enough having this person um on the podcast isn't enough um and it really does bog me down and you know I think I'm starting to realize that I don't have to speak about everything and it really is just about giving people space to to like to use the, the like the filthy friday platforms here for mm. you know people to we don't have the the most amount of followers but people are listening and sometimes that's you know that that's all i can do 
Um, and you've got and you've got a big community that listens and that cares, and I think that's already really important. And as you were saying in the podcast with Gemma, at some point, just pass the fucking mic. Like you can't yeah. just always talk about everything. Sometimes uninformed opinions or posts from people that are not aware of the full nuance of whatever they're talking about can do more harm than good. So I think you know I always try to take a break from social media when I need it I try to treat social media like a job and not check it all the damn time like yeah that's true times when I'm checking it and also yeah sometimes if I can let somebody else speak I'll do it because I'd rather that someone who has more knowledge than me about something speaks than me yeah. just trying to kind of rewrite history you know yeah I agree and it kind of keeps everything fresh mm. as fresh as can be as fresh as can be because some, sometimes if i've not posted for a few days um i will you know i'll come back and then i'll i'll kind of have a skim through and see what everybody's up to and check my messages um because sometimes like that gets a lot and it's it's so hard to stay on top of messages and sometimes i miss things but I find that I'm able to have after, you know, just just shutting the fuck up for a while and coming back and checking the messages and seeing what everyone's up to. I've, you know, I'm able to schedule in um, an interview um, for the podcast or, um, you know, someone might ask me to share something. Please, can you help us with this? And I think it is it's I would rather be like that and do, you know, give up the space and do what I can when I can than just be on it all the time. Yeah. Um, exactly. Because it's, yeah, it's it's taking up two seats on the bus when really you only need one. I love yeah. that analogy. Yeah, that's a good saying. That's a good saying. <laughs> I made that one up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like make it into a shiny pink Instagram quote. I'm that's literally good. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so proud of myself, Carolina. So I finished my quadruple whiskey with Coke and I Ooh. think I'm a little bit drunk now. Um that's good. <laughs> that literally came out and I'm so proud of that. No, that's really good. I mean if you can come up with that when you're drunk, that's perfect. But yeah, like it I is. think that's literally, you know, all it takes. Because also, you know, we're all human, we all have a life. Like there has been, you know, I've had some really hard weeks this year because uh, at some point my grandpa passed away and I couldn't even oh, go no. yeah. because, you know, because of obviously Corona and whatever. And then, you know, I, I sometimes I apply for stuff that I don't get and I get really upset or I get injured and I get really upset. And like because of the bloody social media cycle, people just DM you and are and they're like, you should do more about this or like, hey, have you thought about this and whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, we're all human. We're all here for free on social media. We yeah. have a right to our own space and our own time. So if your mental health, you shouldn't really be, you know, doing free work for people that just want to take a seat and watch you do stuff I agree. so that they feel better yeah I agree and I had such a like it was so difficult um actually putting a price on my time and it was actually my grandma my grandma was the one that was like I was like oh nan I'm doing this at the weekend and she was like well well did you invoice them and this is a woman like she is literally just she she caught um covid uh 
just early December and um she we nearly lost her in the first week we were like told to plan a funeral um and she's like pushed through and now she's back home but she's got covid related what do they call it covid delirium so mm. she sometimes she, she calls it um losing her head so she sometimes goes a bit loopy at certain times of the day but i remember having a conversation with her and she was just like well make make sure you get paid like <laughs> And I was like, wow, like what fucking hell, like, I was, yeah, I was like, oh my God, wow. And I think, yeah, it is really important because so many of us have been talking for the longest time and I'm, I'm quite bitter about the fact that I, you know, since the beginning of my poll journey, I've been very vocal about what it is to be um, fat and black in the poll industry and mm-hmm. how excluded I felt. And, you know, just, it, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point now, especially having a son, like so many people are asking me to do things that is, that's taking me away from time with my, with my son. Like I have a child now. So no, I'm not going to sit and educate you for God knows how long, um, without being compensated. Um, you know, if I want to do something and you know, then, then I'll do it. Like, it's not always about money, but there are certain things that I'm just kind of like, you know what? No, like that's four hours away from my son. I'm not going to put him to bed. I'm not going to feed him. He's not going to get his bedtime story from me. So, you know, no, like absolutely not. It's just a principle. It's, I think it's important because if you don't put a price on, on your time, as your fucking badass grandma said, <laughs> yeah. um, like nobody is going to do it. And like it, and my partner is really good with that stuff because he'll be like, you know, I'll be like, oh, I've been asked to do to do this thing. And he's like, are you getting paid for it? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm asking for money. And he's like, then ask for more. And it's, it's really yeah. good to have people like that in your life because really the times that people people try to get away with asking to do shit for free it's just really you know like we're not all swimming in money like you know and and again like i go back to the whole ethics of the pole industry there's no basic labor rights at the moment yeah. i think like you know it it, it it sometimes you're just like invited to do stuff just for the prestige of them yeah and if it's a big organization with big budget i want money like exposure absolutely my bills, absolutely know? like i i absolutely agree and you know it's been the same with this podcast mm-hmm. um, um i've just i've not really reached out to anyone and i'm just letting people come to me because i can't afford to pay so if someone's willing to you know take the time out to sit and have a conversation with me then you know i i'm just you know i'm just blown away by that but yeah i wouldn't um, approach someone and be like hey will you be on my podcast it's you know like an hour of talking about things that you talk about all the time but like I can't pay you and you know I want the I want the words to be out in the universe and I want people to use their voice and use this platform but I also understand from personal experience that it is a lot and it's taking you away from other things and you know I will get to the point where I can pay people um I'm hoping but at the minute it's um it's all for fun baby 
an education. Yeah, it's great. And, it, you know, it will be great if at some point you got so much budget that you could pay people. But I think, like, there's a difference between PR, which in a way could be what you're doing here. You're giving people exposure and they're giving you exposure. It's like a mutual, yeah. you know, we share with our followers and you share with yours. Like, yeah. it's a mutual agreement. But sometimes you get asked to do actual events, like a whole huge yeah. thing for free and that's where it goes wrong um I, yeah i agree because you know if it's a, if it's a mutual exposure agreement fair enough but like there are so many times like even in like in academia it's terrible sometimes because people will just email you and they'll be like hey can you give a lecture for free and i'm like no wow i could, I could get paid for this shit so i'm not gonna yeah um but yeah so i think it's just kind of about picking your battles and and you know even if maybe sometimes it's just exposure but it's the right channel that's fine yeah but, but i think we all need to kind of be a bit more like your grandma <laughs> Yeah. Did you send them an invoice? Yes, yeah. bitch. Okay, I did. Like she's she's so savage, and she's gone worse. Like with the with the savageness since. I mean, like me and Shan spoke about um being Jamaican and like literally being born cancelled because we're just so honest and just like there's no filter and yeah with the actual covid delirium like that has just amplified my nan's jamaicanness and she is like just yeah she she said i showed her a picture the other day um of me in like a, a lingerie set and she was just like um oh you titty big so so she's just basically saying like how did my boobs get so big <laughs> i was Aww. just like oh, i was like oh god nan um and then she wanted to say a few other things but um and oh she did actually say um it doesn't really look like me and i was like because i used a filter <laughs> And I just felt so fucking see. I felt attacked, but um, but I love it. I love it so much, and I I I really appreciate that kind of like character. And um, I don't know. I think it it just kind of it it says a lot about me. Like I'm I'm very much yeah. like my grandma and my mom, and like that. I have that same energy in class, and just, I mean, not telling people that they look like trash or that they have. Uh, they've, picture doesn't look like them but um just a real nice vibe um and i know that like you're teaching now how long has it been caroline like two years yeah it's been ages it's it's been since 2019 but because of the pandemic it feels like it's been fucking five years or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like fucking, it's added so much time onto everything oh my god yeah, how been, how are you finding it so I do like it. I, I am, even if I, I am quite bubbly, I have massive anxiety and I'm an introvert. So I find in-person teaching and teaching in general, like group teaching quite draining because I, I give a lot. I'm kind yes. of like, you. like when people are in my class, I want them to feel beautiful. I want them to feel strong. I want them to feel badass and okay with themselves. So I try to put my best into that. Um, yeah. But then when I go home, I kind of just die on the sofa. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a lot. 
But I do like that because particularly, I feel like particularly during the pandemic with all the online teaching, um, both through workshops and privates, but also through tutorials, I feel like people really have come into their own. Uh, I have some lovely regular students who I sometimes help with their choreographies or sometimes they just come for a dance. And it's just lovely to see how fast they grow and how much yeah. they believe in themselves. So for me, if I can help people grow and feel less of a potato than I felt when I was yeah. a beginner pole dancer, <laughs> and that makes me really happy. Yeah, it's so nice to be part of those journeys. And it's such a, like, it's an overwhelming feeling. I get the same feeling or similar um, with my students as I do when my baby does something new. It's very, like, I'm very maternal. Yeah. And um, that comes from, again, from, like, my, the way my mum and my grandma um, have been have been with me growing up. Very, very maternal. So when sometimes someone will do something in a class mm-hmm. or, like, they'll come in, like, in a fucking thong and paste mm-hmm. it. Is it pasties or pasties? Nipple tassels. I think and pasty, yeah. yeah. And I will literally come home and my husband will be like, are you okay? Like, how was your day? And I'll just start crying. And he's like, what happened? I'm just like, oh my God, they're so grown up. I can't believe it. Like, like two weeks ago, she was wearing leggings and a jumper. And now like, she just walks in in nine inch heels. And he's like, oh, beans, like, we can't keep doing this. Like, it's every week. But like, (laughs) but I genuinely, like, that's how I feel. Like, I just... I feel so blessed to be part of these journeys and um, we have a lot of fun in classes and I really like to create a nice vibe, but like I take it so seriously, like it, it, it's mad. Like, do you get that as well? Like, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, it's like I do. So, for instance, I'm not a kid's person, mainly because I feel like I am children. And I'm yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but although I do perv on everybody's babies and I think they're lovely, especially Yay. he really does have your vibe. Like, he's just so hyper. I love he's him. crazy. Um, but yeah, so for me, my students really do feel like, you know, yeah, children that I can nurture in one way or another. Because I think there's really, a, like, I've had teachers that have made me feel amazing, even if I was doing, like, a fucking step around. You know? Yes. Um, and then I have, I had teachers that I could be doing fucking handspring and they'd look at me as if I was a piece of shit. So yeah. uh, there, is, there is a difference there in how students feel. And I really want to be the teacher that hypes you up even if you haven't done anything. Like, yeah. I, will be, I will be fucking mad if you don't point your toes or if, you know... Yes, if, I love if, that. If, you, if, if you're doing something dangerous or if you're, you know, if, if you're not working on the move, I will give you the tough feedback. But yeah. as soon as you get the move, I will be the one screaming. Like, I think it's important to have both. <laughs> Yeah, I I really do um believe that as well because um I think it was it was one time um one of my students um like I just, I felt I was attacked like that's this is what happened mm-hmm. and um I was actually having this conversation with someone um yesterday about instructors being able to um take criticism and just use it to like we should be able to like we we're, we're in a very 
like we're in a in a position where you know people are entrusting us um with them and i you know i i i, I think that's why i take it so seriously so she was just like i was like cheering her on and she was like beans was that okay? And I was like, mate, it was fucking sick. What do you mean, was it okay? And she was like, well, I just, oh my God. She was like, I just can't tell because you cheer for us when we do everything. So I don't really know if if it's any better than last week or not. And I was like, right, okay. So what I'm gonna do with you then is I'm gonna like tone it down a little bit. And then when you do something good, like I'm gonna really, really cheer so you know, I didn't change at all. But what I did do was, sit and have conversations with her either before or after class just to discuss her progress and I felt as though that was you know a really proactive way of of her getting the feedback that she needed so I was able to keep the same vibe in class but then outside of class um we you know we could have the conversation of oh you know what what can I do to be better because I I do struggle critiquing people like I really do um and I don't know. I think that comes from maybe struggling to take criticism myself. I'm getting better. So as I'm getting better with myself, I'm getting better with giving it to other people. But it is it is really important um, yeah, to be able to a, do that. You need a bit of both. I think for me, I like what helps me is that be, with being Italian, I'm quite direct. And yeah. on top of that, I, I teach at a Russian studio. So my studio owner will literally yell at me if something goes wrong, but then she will be really supportive when something goes right. And yeah. I feel like I'm blending all my experiences, like Australia, the UK, and, and Russia, <laughs> kind of, and Italy, uh, in my teaching. And I think that's important because it has pissed me off as I was trying to grow when I was kind of more intermediate as a pole dancer, when yeah. instructors would be like, oh, that's great. Great, but like maybe you're not pointing your toes or oh, maybe yeah. you haven't done the move properly and you're there trying to grow but like that person is not helping you with it not at and, all and I'm like I do want you to be nice but like critique me if yeah. something is going wrong you know yeah absolutely I agree um and I think um those the instructors that kind of aren't able to i can see the beauty in anything like a piece of dog shit on the road i'm like oh my god the <laughs> sun hits that perfectly it is beautiful <laughs> just a legit piece of dog shit and i'm like yes dog shit oh my god live your curbside life um <laughs> what but, <the> <laughs> I've actually lost the plot, but um, yeah, I think like some instructors just don't get the, again, like we're not all the same, like, and we're all different. So, you know, there's, you might have to adapt for each person individually. Like you can't just treat the room as a room. Yeah. Like you might have to like treat people like completely differently because what works for some doesn't work for others. And I think like teaching has been the fucking test of my life. I, mm. I've got to be honest, like it has been, um, I've suffered with, what do they call it now? Like imposter syndrome when you're just like, what? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah. how did I even get here? That's so real. I get that all the time. I get that a lot with my dancing as well. And I get that with my teaching because I know how 
hard it is to find a place that wants you to teach. Yeah. And, like literally my studio owner saw me, saw me and she was like, okay, I'm gonna train you to become an instructor. And I just felt, I felt very honored, but at the same time I was like, fuck, you know, I don't know if I deserve this. And then, you know, there are so many people who want to teach, like, why am I teaching? And then similarly, yeah. even with my dancing, like a lot of the time I feel like I get invited to stuff or to performances, not because I'm a dancer, but because, I, because I'm a good dancer, but because I have a platform. So I feel right. like I don't, I never feel like an imposter in any other bit of my life. But with dancing, I really do feel that because I'm not a trained dancer and I always feel a bit dorky and whatever I do, like a bit of a troll. Yeah, um, I get that. You look wonderful, by the way. Can I just tell you? Always. Oh, I, I wish you could be the hype woman in my head, but the woman <laughs> in, my hat, in my head is like, what is this shit? Why are you doing this? Yeah, like I, I get that so much. And I think even now, like being asked to do so many different things and I, I sit there and I'm like, but I... I'm not that person. Like there are people out there that are better. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I fucking hype myself up as much as I hype other people up. Like it's a thing because I, again, like I've got a son and I want to be, you know, I don't feel pressured to be this like angelic, um, perfect mum. Like I'm so far away from that. But what I, what I want him to see is that me in this body, like, I, I can have fun and I do deserve love and respect and all the things. So I I feel as though sometimes when I get those feelings, I'm just like, come on, bitch. Like, you know, you can do this for, you know, you, you've got this, you can do it. But sometimes it's like, well, are they just asking me because of Filthy Friday or because, um, you know, I tick the box for fat, black and queer and weird as fuck and mental health? Like, is it because, you know, I'm, I'm going to make that platform look good? And it really, really gets to me. Like, there's so many things that I was going to um, drop out of um, mm. over the last few months because I was just like, it's, it's, not, it's not me. Like, I just, I don't know. It's... Mm but it is you like you are you are beautiful to watch and you have your own style which is fantastic i feel like and i'm gonna sound like rupaul here but like <laughs> saboteur is our worst enemy yeah that's true that is true and sometimes it's so necessary um because mm, yeah. i feel like sometimes you have to really be like not down but you have to feel some kind of way to know that like well actually like i am that bitch and like it's like collecting extra lives on a on a video game and you're like ding yes i can do this ding you are that bitch ding you got this and it, it's so corny but that's literally like how it is and yeah it's it's taught me a lot I think it's the it's part of the power of Paul. I think that's why so many pole dancers have their demons because no matter how you know shit you may feel on a, on a given day, then you go on that stage and you bring it anyway. 
And I think that's, you know, however you may feel about your dancing and about yourself, even if you don't want to watch the video of your performance five minutes later. Yes. But when you're doing it, you feel good. And, and I think that's what matters. And that's like a feeling that I want to transmit to my, that I want to pass on to my students. Even yeah, absolutely. I feel like shit right now. You think that I'm a goddess. Therefore, I'm going to perform as a goddess for you so that yeah. you can then do it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a lovely way of looking at it. I love that. Oh my god, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, it's been so much fun. It's been yes. fucking chaotic. <laughs> it really has. Um, is there anything you want to add? Is there anything that we might have missed that you want to discuss or just get out there before we sign off? Uh, I'll just be really quick. So at the moment, uh, one big outcome of the petition that you very kindly helped me with in December, uh, the petition against Instagram's new terms of service, is that I am speaking with their policy team, which is a big thing because before I could only get to the press team who had no kind of decision power. Um, So I'm speaking to these people in the hope to create a way for the community to feed back to them about their experiences. So if anyone has some weird and wonky and appalling experiences with Instagram moderation, they're very welcome to send me a DM on Instagram at blogger on poll. Um, and that's pretty much it. I've got loads of recordings up on Buy Me A Coffee um, where I, I, yeah, I've got my workshop recordings. I sell my workshop tickets and I sell my privates as well. So if anybody wants to dance with me, they can do it that way. And other than that, I'm pretty easy just trying to get by and to find a, a more permanent academic job so that I can afford all the stripper shoes I can buy. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that that's what you want in life, the stripper yeah. shoes. Same here, same here. Yeah, um, anywhere, but okay. <laughs> and if people are looking for you online, I'll leave a link in the description box, but where can we find you on social media? Thank you. I'm pretty much all over the internet under Blogger on Poll. So you will find my research at bloggeronpoll.com and on my Twitter, which is also Blogger on Poll. And then, yeah, just my ass is all over the internet. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit, Facebook, you name it. (laughs) Bitch, you really are everywhere. (laughs) I love it. But Carolina, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. I am very tipsy and now have to go and dance. Um, So thank you also (laughs) for that. And And we have the videos, otherwise it didn't happen. I will share, I will definitely share the videos. (laughs) Thank Um, Thank you everyone for listening. Um, uh oh my god i'm what the hell has happened to my brain um stay safe thank you for having me <laughs> you're so welcome and you. love you boo keep it filthy everyone bye-bye hey Thank you for tuning in to episode 7 of Filthy Friday Foreplay. As always, if you'd like to show your support and stay up to date with events, you can catch us on Instagram at PDFilthyFriday. You'll be the first to hear about Filthy Friday events and you'll also have the opportunity to get to know some of the delicious humans who make our community what it is. To catch all the latest from me, you know what to do. And finally, 
To shop this week's sponsor, The Coffee Scrub Company, you can find links to their website and Instagram in the description. Don't forget, Filthy Friday for Play listeners get 15% off products using code FILTHY15. See you next week. Poison it.